Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am so excited to be back when I said I was going to be back. I said in my last podcast, my intention for 2022 is to show up every Monday morning. Uh, And I intend to do that unless something goes drastically awry. For example, if the catalytic converter gets stolen out of your car. Uh, This week I was dealing with that. Do you know that uh, people are stealing the catalytic converters out of vehicles? This apparently is a nationwide problem. Uh, It happened to someone I know twice in a month. Actually, it happened to two people I know twice in a month um, in the latter part of 2021. But I thought that I was safe because I drive a 2005. But apparently that is not um, a dissuading factor for the theft of the catalytic converter. No, I do not drive a Prius if anybody is wondering. It's a Honda. Um, But it's interesting because I had to call. uh, I called the non-emergency 311 here in New York City. They transferred me to 911. And the operator that I spoke to said, yeah, it happened to me. And then I had a police officer come to, because I was going to give a police report. And he said, yeah, it happened to me. (laughs) So this was just a, like, just a mind-blowing experience that happened to me this last week. Um, but that happened on Tuesday, so that I was able to resolve it in time to be able to put out another podcast episode. But I just thought it would be great to spend the first minute and 26 seconds of this podcast bitching about what happened uh, to me this week, which, um, yeah, was, was something. Um, and uh, I hope that it doesn't happen to you in 2022. But I didn't come here to talk to you about my catalytic converter. I just uh, thought that I would give you an update on what was going on with my life. Um, I came here to talk to you about intuition. Intuition. That is going to be the topic of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Um, I would love to start with intuitive eating. I know that a lot of people probably want to know about this as we're going into the second week of January because people are probably already fed up with their bullshit diets and their bullshit meal prepping and their bullshit whatever day, whatever it is of Whole30 that you're going on. And so I just thought I would come on here and talk about intuition and specifically intuitive eating because I think that is where a lot of my listeners are going to get the most value. The Get the Fuck Off podcast aims to be digestible and I know sometimes I can get heavy with some of the concepts that I talk about on the podcast so I wanted to kind of bring it back to something that is relatable and something that you guys are probably really interested in. So intuitive eating, let's talk about it. So what the hell is that? I've had a lot of clients that just cannot wrap their head around intuitive eating. Some people do get it, some people never get it. 
Some people come to me having already gotten it, which is my ideal situation. So if you're, if you're coming to me to make change in your life and you've got your head wrapped around intuitive eating, thank you. So happy that makes my job so much easier. I don't have to teach you how to do it. Uh, the podcast is kind of aimed at maybe helping you get into the area of teaching you how to do it. Because what I've learned about people, particularly people in Western society, as you all know, I have a background in sociology and I'm not the biggest fan of the Western way, although I do thrive in the Western way. Because there's a lot of opportunity for me to exert my skills in the Western, <laughs> the Western world. But I, the Western way is, hey, give me a checklist of the things that I have to do and then I'll do it and then everything will be great. And that's just not the way that it works. Give me a checklist of things that I have to do. That is not how intuition works. I was listening to Ram Das. Don't click off of this. I love Ram Das. I'm going I'm to use one quote and I'm going to move on. But Ram Das, he was saying, um, I'm listening, re-listening to his 12-hour course on the Bhagavad Gita. And he listed a line from the Gita which says, intuition, oh sorry, ambition does to intuition what a weevil does in a granary. Ambition does to intuition what a weevil does in a granary. So what does that mean? Your ambition, your give me the checklist and I'm just going to do the things on the checklist and I'm going to learn how to have intuition is exactly the thing that's keeping you from having the intuition. Because if I give you a list of like 50 fucking things to eat, then you're not and you're going to eat those same thing. You're going to eat like maybe 10 of them, right? You're going to say, okay, I'm going to eat this every day. I'm going to meal prep. I have chicken broccoli every single day. Well, your ambition does to your intuition what a weevil does in a granary. It's just eating it away. It's not allowing you to have the intuition because you're putting yourself in a checklist mentality of I'm going to do X, Y, Z, Q, R and I'm going to get the result. That's not how it works. You're not going to be able to get to the place that you want to get because you're obsessed with the checklist and the ambition. And that is the opposite approach of what you should be taking. So people will say, there's a great Instagram account that I follow, No Food Rules. She's really awesome at this. So that's her specialty. Like, that's not my specialty. But if you guys are listening to me and you're interested in getting somewhat of an idea and food is something that you're struggling with, like intuitive eating, give her a follow. I actually forget her name. Um, but please give her a follow. She's amazing. Um, and then I'm just going to continue to talk about it a little bit here because I'm a marathon runner, right? And when I became a runner, a distance runner, I did not understand much about my body. I was just having a conversation this week with my friend Patrick, who is a thru-hiker. He hiked the full length of the Appalachian Trail this year, and he's planning on doing the PCT, I think in 2023, and I've had now, this will be my second friend that has followed that. Um, but I had done some hiking when I was out in Arizona, and I plan to do more when I move to Arizona. And I was telling him about how I didn't really have a difficult time. Like I was afraid to hike to the top of Cathedral Rock in Sedona just because I was afraid of falling off of the rock. But I didn't have a hard time with the hike physically. Like long distances, climbing elevation, the cardiovascular aspect of it really wasn't that hard for me. And he said runners make great hikers because they really understand their bodies. And understanding your body is to be able to understand what it's asking for. So as a distance runner, you know weird shit about the body. So in the summer, you know what it's like to feel depleted of electrolytes. Like when you run your finger along your skin and, and you lick it and you taste salt 
Like that is your body perspiring and you're losing sodium, magnesium, potassium, like all these things are coming out of your pores. You have a feeling about what it feels like to be depleted of electrolytes. Now, when I first became a runner, I had no fucking idea what that felt like. So there were many times that I almost passed out in um, in heat because my body didn't know how to sweat appropriately for like the first year to two years. And then when I did start sweating, I didn't understand how to replenish electrolytes. So it, t- it was a trial and error process. It was really scary. Like one time I think I almost, I remember like stumbling into the halal guys on 14th and 2nd, buying myself an orange soda just for the sugar because I, I had such low blood sugar one day. I didn't understand any kind of thing because I was also when I first became a distance runner I was still under this impression that if I functioned at a calorie deficit I was going to continue to lose weight and all I was really doing was putting my body into these states of distress it didn't need to be into this has nothing to do with intuitive eating well it does a little bit so I'm going to go into intuitive eating intuitive eating your body is going to ask you for the things it needs this is the part that you've heard a thousand times but you're like what the fuck does that mean well let me give you a great example One morning after Christmas, I think it was like December 27th or something like that, I went to eat a banana in the morning. I love bananas. I There is very few times that I don't reach for a banana and think, wow, this is really good. So I peeled that banana and I bit into it. And that banana was the most repulsive thing to me in the world. I just wanted, I ate it, but I wanted to just throw it away. I was like, this is not what I'm in the mood for. I do not want a banana at this time. Now, there was nothing wrong with the batch of the bananas. It wasn't a bad banana. It wasn't a rotten banana. It wasn't an overripe banana. It was just that I did not want this banana. And I I know exactly why I didn't want the banana. It probably had to do with the 25 Christmas cookies I ate the day before. <laughs> like, I, my body was not asking for sugar and carbohydrates. It had no desire to have that. It probably wanted vegetables. It probably wanted you know, a spinach and onion omelet or something like that. It probably wanted something like that. I don't know what it wanted at the time, but it it definitely didn't want that banana. So your body is going to ask you for the things that it wants. You have to be very keen on listening. What the problem is, and this happens a lot with people that are really overweight, people that have been in diet culture their whole lives, people that have had eating disorders, things like that, is that you have to be firmly planted in your body to be able to receive the information so if you're constantly treating your body like a science experiment which a lot of people in diet culture are doing they're they're looking at their bodies from the outside they're basically taking their consciousness bear with me out of the body and going oh look at that body what can I do to change that body and the physical aesthetic of that body so what can I read do what list of foods can I eat people treat their bodies as science experiments and they don't plant themselves firmly in the body so you wake up and you need to be in your body you need to be aware of the body when you're sitting there on your bed in the morning are you already thinking about how your body doesn't look the way that you want to look or are you really in touch with everything that your body's asking for like are you thinking about the foods that you can't eat today I can't eat this I can't eat that I can't have this I can't eat that because it's got this I can't have that I can't have carbs or are you in are you in your body like are you inside of your body and thinking what is it asking me for 
like a rule that I have, and I don't follow a lot of rules, but a thing that I have is that, yeah, I don't make a decision about what I'm going to, I don't grocery shop for a week. Yeah, This is a very urban way of existence. We don't grocery shop for the week because we can't carry all that. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, some people do, I guess, but a lot of us don't. A lot of us just kind of live our days meal by meal or live our or we buy groceries for a couple of days but we don't really grocery shop for the week people in middle america will fill their suvs with groceries for two weeks and then that's fine if you're buying a wide array of groceries but i don't you know, as you live your life you're going to want different things your body's going to ask you for different things so unless you're pretty good at at knowing what the level of physical activity you're going to be doing the stresses of your life the the all the different things going on how are you going to grocery shop for two weeks like it doesn't make any sense to me I grocery shop for the day like what am I going to eat today what am I eating tomorrow this is a good way to do it you know we have we have these bad habits of putting things in our cabinets that are like big bags of shit like I, I have like a big thing of peanut butter filled pretzels, for example. A friend of mine, when I was visiting him in Arizona, had one of these and I was attacking it. I really was. I love those. But I think if they were sitting on my counter, I probably would eat the entire thing at points that I didn't want to. I probably wouldn't eat what I wanted to eat. I probably would just eat that because it was sitting there. Like, is that what I really want for a snack? Like, kind of like when you buy a giant thing of nuts, right? Or, or do you want nuts every time you reach for a snack? Or are you just reaching for the nuts because you're hungry and the nuts are there and you're not, you don't take a time to think about it? Now, so if you're going to buy snacks for your week, I would have a lot of like a, a lot of a variety of snacks. Intuitive eating is all about keeping things around you that are varied in case you know because God knows what your body's going to ask for but if you are following a checklist you are not presented in the body so you're not inside of the body listening to what the body wants you're instead following a list now people will also take this to the extreme should I eat whatever I want yes should I eat cupcakes all the time if I want cupcakes every day no no you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that you are not doing yourself a service by doing that. So my challenge to you is to think about things that are dense in nutrients that can give you the things that your body's asking for. So if your body's asking for cupcakes every day, what it probably wants is sugar every day. If it wants sugar every day, what's a good, sustainable, nutrient-dense source of sugar that you can give your body every day? The same with carbohydrates. My body doesn't always ask me for carbohydrates. If I'm marathon training, it asks me for a lot of carbohydrates. If I'm not marathon training, it asks me for very few. But when it asks, I can make a choice. Do I want to eat a processed American loaf of bread? Or do I want to eat potatoes, brown rice, quinoa? You know, things that are healthy. These are things that you can think about. But putting yourself firmly in the body and not thinking with your brain about what it should be having, but rather just listening. And are there times, like if you have a craving for ice cream that's so bad that it just won't go away and it's now day two of this craving for ice cream and it hasn't gone away, like, yeah, go fucking eat the ice cream. Do you want to live in misery or do you want to just get it over with? So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know. 
I do know because I live this way, but people have a lot of problems with it. And I think the issue with it is, is that people do not live inside of themselves and they don't pay attention to what's happening. You know, runners are really good at it because they understand when something is depleted. So it's really easy for them to identify, oh, this is what it feels like when I, I really have a craving for red meat. It just won't go away. Like that you probably need the iron. Like your body isn't asking you for a steak. It's asking you for the thing that it's deficient in. And if you can just pay attention and not rush too much to try to attack it from the outside if you can just be inside of it people that don't like the way that they look have trouble being inside of themselves they always are living outside and they're not firmly grounded inside of that human that is existing and needing things your body is a vehicle for your spirit that's all it is it's a vehicle that you're driving around. You wouldn't let your car, you like, like someone stole my fucking catalytic converter. I'm not going to let some, my, my car, I'm not going to drive my car without my catalytic converter. My car is going to become useless horribly quickly. Like it, it, it's not drivable. The check engine light's on. They damaged my, mus- my muffler. I fucking am not angry at the person who did it, but like this was a hassle of the week. I got, I got to get it taken care of. I'm not going to pretend that that's not the issue. I'm not going to keep running the thing until I take care of the issue. If you haven't had anything green in a month and your body is desperately asking you for those nutrients, you got to give it to them. You know, like being hungry. It's, a, it's an intuitive thing. It's an intuitive thing. But to be inside and to notice. So what was the steps when I noticed my catalytic converter is missing? Okay, like it's loud. The accelerator is check engine lights on. There's a bad smell. Okay, so now I know something's wrong. Well, how do we do this with the body? Be in the body. Be in your body. And then when you're inside of your body, you can identify, okay, what do I want? What do I feel like? What what am I feeling? What is going on with me? If you try to apply an outside checklist to your body, get rid of it. Stop it. Well, I'm feeling like this, but I can't have that on this particular program. Stop. Fuck off. You know who doesn't do that? People that are happy with their bodies. (laughs) Like only people that are unhappy with their bodies do that. I know that I sound really preachy in this particular podcast episode. I hope I don't alienate an audience. But like, come on, man. If you've made it to episode 62, you've got to know what I'm about by now. And if you're self-sabotaging because you can't manage to harness your own intuition, then I have to be this way. Like, I'm going to be this way, and this is just how it is. So intuitive, intuitive, intuition. How does intuition work? Well, I mean, it works in the fact that you know already what to do. You have this idea of what to do. And it doesn't come from any logical outside source. So if you're, say, an actor and somebody told you to go to pharmacy school because that's a logical way for you to make, you know, a good income. You know, you're going to make a good income. You're going to buy a nice house. You're going to, you know, have two kids and they're going to go to a nice school. And you're going to buy your wife a nice Christmas present. You know, you're going to do all these things but you're not you don't want to be a pharmacist you want to be an actor well that's your intuition like your intuition is telling you that that's what you're supposed to do 
Are you going to you know, immediately be delivered a beautiful six figures job or whatever, whatever they make? No, like probably not. You're going to struggle a little bit to become an actor, but you're not going to struggle as much as spending the next 25 years at CVS every day. Not that there's anything wrong with spending 25 years at CVS if, you gen, if you're really like a sciencey person and you really love that and that's really what you want to do. But if you want to be an actor and you decide to go to pharmacy school because you'll make good money, you're going to be miserable every day because you're out of alignment and you're not following your intuition. You know, how do you decide? How did I decide to live in the East Village? It was intuition. Like I just knew. I visited all these other neighborhoods and I looked at all these other apartments and I didn't like any of them. And then I came to the East Village and I was like, this is where I'm going to live. It was intuition. And so many things in my life kind of followed. Like there, I have a, a path in my life that I've been following. And I have these, the universe, and, and you guys don't have to believe in the universe, but I do. The universe has given me these little things that I like to call Easter eggs. And Easter eggs are things that kind of let me know I'm going in the right direction. So I was here maybe a week and I walked down to Tompkins Square Park and they were having the Howl Festival. It might have actually been my uh, two weeks. I might have actually been here, but it was like right when I first moved here and I walked down there and they were doing a live reading of Allen Ginsberg's Howl. And I really have a fascination for the beats and I have a big fascination for that period of time. And the parallels to the 1960s, not so much the 50s, but the 60s. In our world right now with exploration of consciousness and like the the kinds of things that I'm interested in have always sort of presented themselves throughout my life. There have always been these little markers that say, hey, this is still here. Hey, this is still here. Hey, this is still here. You know, so I've always sort of had this path that I've been following. It's not the same path as the path you've been following, but it's my path. And, you know, this happened even up until recently when I decided to drive across the country, quit my jobs, and I did that solely on intuition. There was no logical reason that that should have happened, but a lot of things came together to make that experience happen for me. And I am forever grateful for the experience, and I did that. I did that on intuition. And when I got to Arizona, I was like, this is where I'm going to move. This is where I'm going to live. This is what's next. I don't have a a logical explanation for you as to how that worked I I mean I can give you things that are I can give you like a couple of things as to why I wanted to do that but I didn't figure those out until after I got the feeling and the feeling came from the intuition the intuition said this is the place this is the place that you are supposed to be the whole time it was the southwest that was kind of saying hey here's here's where you're supposed to go but that is like the greater intuition I, I started this with a really simple thing I started this with the body And I wanted to talk about the body because I think a lot of people are unsure about how to use intuition in just the broader scope. And the the broader areas start with the smaller areas. So if you can get a handle on something like intuition about your body, intuition about what you put into your body, intuition about when you need to sleep or when you need to exercise or when you need to meditate or when you need to do all of those things. And if you can get a handle on that sort of intuition, then the larger, broader intuition of where am I supposed to go? What is my divine purpose? Like all of that shit will come much easier. I told you guys I was listening to a bunch of Ram Dass and I don't 
yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is from the 60s, but he was talking about, you know, in the 60s, actually, it might have even been the early 70s, I have to think about when it actually, he did these lectures, but he was at Naropa University, and he was talking about different parts of India at that time, where people were designated a, a life's purpose and task, and they did that task, and he was also talking about, you know, the different levels of your life and in blocks of your life where at this part of your life you do this and at this part of your life you do you raise a family and at this part of your life I think your 40s that's when you go and you you learn and you go on your your uh I forget exactly I'm so sorry I think it's about like discovery and you know doing your spiritual work and figuring out your, your you know like different things and he was talking about all these different things and how in the western society now I don't you know know too much about that time or or what was existing at that time in the East, um, obviously, you know, fucking 60 years has gone by since that time. But he did talk about the West in correlation with that at that time. And in the West, basically what he was talking about was that we don't get to know those things. Like we have to follow intuition. We have to understand what our dharma is just by these these feelings that we get often when we're young because other than that we get slotted into this sort of system of education and then we start getting put on the career trajectory. Now the the interesting thing is the West hasn't changed that much. So if you live over here in the West, it's it's still that way. You kind of have an idea when you're young and then what happens is you start following American school system curriculum of, okay, like I'm going to be tested and then I'm going to advance and then I'm going to, you know, follow a set of things. I'm going to learn a set of things and then I'm going to advance and I'm going to advance and I'm going to advance and we keep using this metaphor of a ladder, like climb, 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 climb. That is still the case in the West. That's the case here in the West. And what's interesting about the West is that it's bled over to like so much of the world. So instead of the West becoming more conscious, the West has just expanded. So now we're seeing all of these articles all over the internet about the great resignation. We're talking about the burnout generation and people being burned out is because we just keep thinking that we need to produce and we need to become like what can we produce? Like we measure our worth as production. So people will work themselves to death because they think they just need to continue to produce because that's where value is. Because in the West, that's our model. The model is production. Even though manufacturing has kind of been pushed out, we are really obsessed with that capitalistic model. And I have said this in an Instagram Live. I am a capitalist. Please. do not. I am not here to say that everybody should just be given the same, you know, lot. And we should all just, it, you know sit and enjoy having the same lot I am not poverty chastity obedience like a monk like I'm not that person I am all about I I love having things like I'm not I'm not a socialist I am not I'm, I, I'm not you know and this isn't a political podcast but I'm all about capitalism but I'm not about the fact that we can then take that system and place it on ourselves and say that this is how we determine our worth our worth is by our job our worth is by how much we produce our worth is by how high we climb on this proverbial ladder which is just a load of shit intuition gets lost when we're taught this model of advancement in our society so we're taught that we need to advance in a certain way and we need to get to a certain place and where we are is not good enough it's never good enough when I then I it's never good enough never 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 good enough so we're taught that 
And that's not how it goes. Like, that's not how it goes at all. Um, we need to be able to be at peace where we are. And where we are is the starting point. Every day is a fresh start. Every day is a new day. And what do you want today? And what are you curious about today? And where are you going today? Uh, the Western model hasn't changed much. I'm, I'm going to go back to that. I started with that a few minutes ago. But it hasn't changed much. And people forget what they actually want. And that's where intuition gets lost. Because you think about what do you actually want? And for me, it's interesting. I'll tell you how the way that it worked for me. When I, I always tell people, think back to when you were seven years old. What did you want when you were seven years old? And a lot of times the first answer is, I don't know. But seriously, think back. And how wild was it? You know what mine was when I was six or seven years old? I was a nonconformist. I didn't think like other people. I didn't think like them then. And I, dare, I, and I thought, well, you know, I can't make a living not thinking like other people. Well, it turns out actually, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can, right? Because what's the work I do now? I don't think like other people. I'm not burned out. I'm not tired. I'm not not at peace. I'm not overweight. I'm not not fit. You know, I'm not a victim to my vices. Although if you ever try to take my coffee away from me, I will, you can pry that from my cold dead hands, I say. But watch next year. I won't be drinking coffee. Because I hate that I need it when I get up in the morning. But like, I'm, I'm not f like a fallen victim to all of these things that are, that are really keeping people not free. So it turns out you can make a living by, by being a nonconformist because what you can do is that you could take that and you could help other people break free. So that was always, that was always there. You know, my, my brother is a lawyer. He loves being a lawyer. And he's been that person since he was a child. Like he's been that person since that time. You probably have known what you wanted since before you knew that you wanted it and you just stopped following your intuition at some point because somebody told you that you could make six figures putting pills in a bottle at CVS not that there's anything wrong with that I feel like this is a Seinfeld episode you know that episode about homosexuality not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> I, I don't know I'm from the 90s so that was something that was kind of funny to us at the time but not that there's anything wrong with that there's nothing wrong with doing anything if you're in alignment if you're not there's absolutely something wrong with it if it's something that you want and you're not doing it because of the logical nature people keep telling me go back to you know tending bar I'm like no because it's out of alignment I am not going to poison people trying to build my business helping people get unpoisoned like that's just crazy it's out of alignment I'm just not going to do that I'm not willing you know, what communication are you sending off? The intuition is going to tell you if you're in the right place or in the wrong place. But you have to start with the smaller levels of intuition. Am I tired? Do I need to sleep? I was on a call with somebody the other day and they were having all of these feelings of judgment about themselves because they had spent a week not grinding. They spent a week not grinding. They were just playing a video game and they were really enjoying it. And they were feeling like they were completely out of control and their life was a mess because they were doing that. And I was like, you, okay. And eventually it all came out that there was a lot of stuff going on in their life and they were just really overwhelmed and they just needed to do that at that moment. And I said, okay, well then your work is to stop judging yourself because this is what you need to do and you're doing it. You need to take this time for whatever it is to spend this week doing this 
And that's what you need to do. That was what this person's intuition was telling them to do. And they were placing all this judgment on the fact that they were doing it. And it's like, but you're following your intuition. Society, I'm going to go back to Ram Das. Ambition does to intuition what a weevil does in a granary. Ambition, this is an ambitious person. This is a person that grinds. This is a person that faces burnout. And this is a person that I gifted them the book Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, which I, I think all of you who feel burnout should listen to. I gifted this person that book and they sent me this huge thing of gratitude, like this huge voice, like memo which went on for a really long time about how grateful and you know there were tears being shed and there are still tears and you guys really got to read the book if you you face burnout please read this book but this was one of those things where they knew what they needed they knew what they needed to do but their ambition and their focus that the western focus of you got to grind you got to work out you got to eat right you got to be productive you got to move 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 was getting in the way of the intuition of, hey, I just need to take a break. I just need to take a break and I just need to sit here and I just need to play this video game this week and this is just what I need to do. And that's kind of going back to the intuitive eating sort of thing. Like at some point you just got to let go and eat the cupcake. But should you eat cupcakes every day? No. Maybe three days in a row? Sure. But after about seven, honey, you're that's not what it is. But listen to your intuition. And if your intuition says yes, let go. Let go and just follow. You start learn to let go of the little things. I very rarely get injured as a runner. I'm a, this is another tangent. But I'm really trying to draw a picture for you guys about intuition and what intuition looks like. I rarely get injured as a runner. It happened to me where I couldn't run at all back in 2019. And then in 2020, I got hurt and I couldn't run for like a week. And those are the only two times that I have been injured as a runner. And I run uh, over 2,000 miles a year. I run about 2,100 miles a year. So about 200 and change mile months, give or take. And so I I really, I I enjoy running. I run a lot. Uh, I don't run as much as most people, like a lot of people, but I do run a lot. And I don't get injured very much. And the reason that I don't is because... I follow intuition. So yes, I am rigorous about my training and I show up and I go out and I do it every day and I'm, I'm very rigorous about it. But if I'm tired and if I reach a point where I'm like, I hate this and I absolutely cannot do it under any circumstances, I take a break. Like I made this thing about how we were going to run all of these 20 mile runs in preparation for training for New York and Chicago. And I my friend and I, I think he did seven and I did six 20s. And I was supposed to do a seventh 20, but I waited too long. So it would have put me kind of too close to the race date for the last 20. And I woke up that day and I was like, I, I can't, I can't run 20 miles today. Like, I think this will do irreparable damage if I do 20 miles. So I ran 15. I ran 15 miles that day. And then later that day, we went out with somebody who's not athletic at all, who doesn't listen to my podcast and, you know, says they don't listen. So I can say whatever I want. You can start supporting me and then I'll stop talking about you. But we went out with somebody um, later that day and they were like, oh, did you run 20 miles or did you only run 15? They're not an athlete, you know. And I wanted to be like, you know, fuck you. Like, you don't know anything about intuition. Like, don't tell, don't try to make me feel guilty for running five miles less because I know my body 
you know, and that's why I ran back-to-back PRs this fall. And that's why I continue to improve in my running performance where people get hurt and then they're out of commission for three months. And it's, it's because I listen to my body. And in order to listen to your body, you need to be grounded in the body. You need to be in your body. Live inside of your body. Your body is here. Are you hating your body? Then you're not in the body. You're thinking outside of the body. Are you following a list of things that you need to do? Ambition does to intuition what a weevil does in a granary. Ram Dass. I love Ram Dass. I mean, I, I got super triggered the other day because my friend wrote on Facebook about streamlining his morning. Like, oh, I do 20 minutes of this. I do 20 minutes of this. I do 20 minutes of this. I'm like, cool. That doesn't sound like intuition. Uh, but I mean, it works for them. It really works for them. And it might have just been a little bit frustrating to me because this is the time of the year where I'm trying to teach people to just slow down and pay attention. What do you want to be doing right now? What is your body saying? Like, I, I get it if you're a person that has a rigorous meditation practice. Like, that, that's amazing. And I, I think you should stick with that at all costs. What if you don't have a rigorous meditation practice? Well, if you feel like you need to meditate, then, then you got to meditate. I ran into this woman. This will be the last story I tell, by the way, guys. This is the last one. And then I'm going to wrap it up. I ran into this woman. This woman started talking to us. Uh, my friend and I were out at Gregory's Coffee this week. Um, there's a bunch of locations, so this is not too specific. And she just started dumping life stories on us about, you know, everything was going to hell in her life. And it was very clear that this person never takes a minute to pause ever, ever. And so I, I let her talk for probably 15 minutes before I tried to interject and just say, have you taken some time? to just slow down I've seen the best doctors I've seen every best psychiatrist in this and I go to NYU and I see top level people and I know pain don't think that there's any pain that I can't deal with because I know pain and don't you tell me that I can and I've been seeing everyone I know everything I've read everything and I'm like well bitch you I didn't say this bitch you don't know everything you don't know everything because you still have the problem you still have the problem and the problem is all you do is talk and you never shut the fuck up and slow down for five fucking seconds. And that's why your life is hell. And you're going to probably die that way and have to come back and do it again. Slow the fuck down. You guys will know when you're out of control because your brain is going to be taking you on a roller coaster. Just like that woman. And when you're on the roller coaster, that's when you can use intuition. Slow the fuck down. Slow down. Slow down. Quiet intuition. I think I hear somebody's car that might have had a catalytic converter stolen outside of my window. That's all I hear now. I just hear, I just hear uh, people's cars. <laughs> oh, guys, that's it. That's it. Intuition. Intuition. I'm taking clients for the new year, guys. Here's here's what here's how it works. You get on a call with me. The call is free. Um, I have it set for 30 minutes on my website. Usually they go a little bit longer, but if you're, if you're not feeling it, they could be shorter, but 30 minutes is a good time. Uh, we can get together. We can talk about what you're, what you're thinking. And, uh, that's how it works. I do a special for new clients. The first six weeks is extremely, extremely discounted. It's completely manageable. I understand that you may not want to 
invest that much in a stranger from the internet. I get it. I also do not want to invest that much in a stranger from the internet. And that is why this exists. So we will spend six weeks together. It will be a really powerful six weeks for you. We're going to meet once a week for an hour. I journal back and forth with my clients every day because I believe in present moment. Present moment is so, so important. And to be able to keep you in the present is going to help you with your success. And then after six weeks, you can make the choice if you want to stay the full three or if you want to go. That is a standing for now, at least for the beginning of the year for now. And I started it, I think, the last month of 2021. That is a standing offer. Um, I can't say that that offer is going to last past February, but it is a standing offer for now. So if you guys are in the, the the new year and you want to do this, if you want to work through some of this stuff and be able to figure out how to live your life more intuitively so it serves you in a better way, this is why I am here. I offer this. Uh, so you can book time on my website, getthefuckoff.com. Please don't feel weird if you are a stranger and you've never met me before. That's totally fine. All the calls I have are with strangers that I've never met before. So don't feel weird. It's totally cool. Um, If that is a little too personal, you don't want to just book time on somebody's calendar randomly, then you can email me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. And I'm super responsive to email. Um, So yeah, shoot me an email. Let's talk. Tell me what's going on. I would love to meet you. I would love to help you. I would love to serve you in the new year. And I'm going to be back next Monday, everybody. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on intuition. And uh, I'll be back next Monday with another episode. Until then, you guys take care. Be safe. Stay beautiful.